0: Welcome to the Alchemy, Astrology, and AstroHealth Podcast. I'm Maya Etla, Medical Astrologist, AstroHerbalist, and Green Witch. I was diagnosed with endometriosis at 19, and I was told I would never have children. I healed my body through the power of herbs, alternative health practitioners, energy healing, and more. At 28, I had the baby they said I would never have, without any interventions. I refused to believe that my body was not able to heal itself. Along this journey, I stumbled across medical astrology and it resonated with me so much. I started down the path to learning this unique system that had been used for thousands of years in the medical community. I now help other women heal their bodies using their Cosmic Blueprint, the unique blueprint that every person has embedded in their DNA from the stars. This system helps me see what's going on in your body on a cosmic level and exactly how to help you give your body what it needs to heal itself. We are all uniquely and amazingly designed, and when we learn to work with our design, love ourselves for how we are designed to function, and integrate the cosmos into our lives, I truly believe that we can see true and lasting health brought into our lives. If you are ready to change your life, heal your body, and learn to deeply love who you are, this podcast is for you. Come join me as I discuss medical astrology, astronutrition, astroherbalism, health, wellness, spirituality, transformation, and so much more. I'm so excited you are joining me. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alchemy, Astrology, and Astro Health. Today, we are going to be talking about Medical Astrology 101, and we're going to be doing like the overview of the planets because we're going to start on the planets now. We just finished the signs, we're moving on to the planets. Super excited. So, let's get going so today's episode is going to be a quick overview of the planets of medical astrology so in this episode today i plan on going over like which planets are used in medical astrology how the planets influence our health the malefics the benefics the outer three planets in chiron and what to expect in the next upcoming weeks so let's dive in medical astrology is a system that was created Back in like um, Egypt, Arabia is where they really started it and kind of started like determining these patterns, right? That the planets and the, that they were noticing in the signs. And then in like the 1500s, It got really refined, brought to the forefront, and used more as a system, right, and became a staple of use in the medical school and community. So it was starting in the 1500s into the early 1600s. And it was really, like, filled out then and really became what we know the system as today. It started off a little more rudimentary, and then as they learned more, right, then it turned into what it is now, which is usually how it goes with things like this. (laughs) Big, because of when it was designed though, right? When this was started, we only knew of a few of the planets compared to what we know today, right? They could only the ones they could really see with like their naked eye or once telescopes were invented, but the ones they could initially see. So like, this means that the main planets then, right? Are used in medical, that used in medical astrology are the outer seven planets the inner seven planets, sorry, and then the outer planets, the outer three, Neptune, um, Uranus, and Pluto are used, but not to the same extent. So in medical astrology, yes, the sun and the moon count as planets, hence the inner seven. Perhaps even the most influential ones, since they really are present in our everyday lives, right? So the sun and moon are planets in astrology and they are really influential in our lives. The main planets that I use and that are mainly used in uh, medical astrology in general from my experience is the Sun, the Moon, Mars, Venus, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury. When when the remaining three planets were discovered, they were integrated into the system, as I mentioned earlier as well. But since less is really kind of known about their influences, and obviously we're learning more daily, they're not as commonly used by many of us who practice medical astrology. Um, The remaining three then, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. And yes, Pluto is still very much a planet in astrology, as he should be. <laughs> he should have never lost that status to begin with, right? <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I learned in school that Pluto was a planet, and then they tried taking that status away, and I'm just, we're not going to have it. <clears throat> um, I also have integrated one asteroid into my use of medical astrology as I learned it through my mentor, Stedra Popham. So I use Chiron in my readings as well um, to see if like Chiron's influence could be the cause of the health problems being experienced by my client. Chiron is the wounded healer. It's more of like... things that happened kind of in the past that have caused you to feel some type of way about yourself or about others around you and that comes up in your everyday life like mine's in Gemini and so because of that I feel really like unheard a lot of times and like people aren't really listening to what I'm saying and honestly starting this podcast has been super helpful for that because people remind me constantly that they are listening they hear me and I'm finally feeling like I'm healing that part of me right. And so I use that. Um, Not all the time. It really depends on what's happening in a uh, client's body to determine if I use Chiron's placement or not. But as I have mentioned in past episodes, the planets exert the influences over the sign ruled body systems, which then can create potential issues for your body. So the influence of each planet is different, yet similar in some cases, and some are strong enough to really influence everything around them as well. So we're going to start with the most important planet, which is the sun. The sun is our life force, our vitality, our life battery, if you will. He's a very hot and dry influence, and he is the most influential planet in our charts. Without the sun, we would perish. So... Obviously, the sun not only sustains the plant life on our planet, it also sustains our lives. Our bodies use the sun to convert cholesterol into vitamin D to regulate our hormones and some neurotransmitters. It helps regulate our sleep cycles and it brings balance to many functions in our body. So without the sun's presence, we would die. We just would. (laughs) And lack of sun in our daily lives decreases our immune health. It causes our hormones and neurotransmitters to be skewed. And it increases our chances of depression and anxiety. We are not meant to go from like one box to another via a box on wheels with some windows and then back again all the time and not spend any time outside in the sun, right? Or hell, depending on your schedule, like not even seeing the sun at all throughout the day because you, you leave when it's dark and you get home when it's dark, right? Depending on Where we are in the seasons during the northern hemisphere right now that's a good possibility that that's happening that you're leaving for work when it's dark and you're getting home when it's dark because we're in winter in the northern hemisphere currently well almost winter it's officially still fall but and because of that that's really what happens and when this occurs right the sun decreases in our lives we find ourselves suffering from poor sleep wacky hormones Decrease in fertility, horrible periods start happening, depression and anxiety skyrocket, and so much more. Our bodies need, like, need the sun to function at their best, right? And without it, we start noticing all kinds of issues. Moving on, we are next to the moon. The moon is also very influential in our lives. She's the opposite of the sun. So while the sun is hot and drying, the moon is cooling and moistening which, as you know, the moon governs the water levels on the Earth, so that kind of makes sense, right? The moon also governs the water levels of our bodies as well. So this is why, like, on a full moon, you might notice, like, bloating or swelling is more common in your body than, like, when we're in a new moon phase or closer to the new moon, right? And the moon is a balancing force for the sun. So while the sun is our life battery, the moon is the wiring that distributes the life force, right? The moon is the distributor of our life force to all of our body systems and organs that need it to function properly. So the moon takes that stored life force energy from the sun and moves it to where it is needed throughout our bodies. So depending on which sign the sun is in, this means that your life force is going to build up quickly, slowly, hardly at all, right? And then depending on which sign the moon is in, the distribution can happen quickly slowly hardly at R, or in like a really poor diffusive manner so it means that like some areas get it but not others or they all kind of get some but it's like hazy and how you're getting it's not not equal and very yeah it's not equally distributive so that can happen occasionally all right the next planet then Is Mars. Mars is the warrior planet, and as such, it governs our metabolism and our movements. It governs our muscles and our adrenaline and our adrenal glands, right? That hot. That that fight and flight reaction. There we go. It is. Mars is a very hot and drying influence. It's in medical astrology. It is hotter than the sun. And it leads to a lot of inflammatory conditions within our bodies. And if it's not balanced, that can happen more. If it's afflicted in your chart, that's a higher possibility as well. It also governs our febrile response of our immune system. And so Mars likes to like punch things out of your body so it brings on fevers that are hot swift and high they bring them on fast and hard to kick out whatever is trying to invade and i mean well it's the warrior planet after all right and so it likes swift decisive action that kills whatever it needs to kill and then can move on to do whatever's next right um mars is also one that tends to cause a lot of issues for many people so he's one of the first places i look depending on what is going on in your body when you've come to me for reading. Venus is the next planet, like the moon. She's very cooling and moistening, but in a slightly different manner than the moon. The moon is more like overall cooling and moistening to the whole body, whereas Venus is more cooling and moistening to the skin and the reproductive system. She is the balance to Mars. While Mars is hot and drying and swift to action, Venus is cooling, moistening, and slow to respond. She really kind of likes to assess the situation before jumping into action, right? She wants to take time to mull over her options and then choose the best one, which makes sense if you think about the signs that she rules. On the other hand, Mars is more hot headed and just leaps into action without much thought or any attention to the details or really caring what the outcome or consequences of that action might be, right? Since Venus rules Taurus and Libra, this association with being slow to action and thinking things through is really seen in that rulership. If you remember from the signs that we just finished, Taurus is a fixed earth sign, so it moves slow. It's indecisive in the fact that it doesn't want to make a quick decision. So if you have a native Taurus in life, you have to give them space to make a decision. You can't just ask them a question, for like, you know, like we want to go on vacation in June and then expect an immediate answer. They're the kind of people who want to think over if they want to go on vacation in June with you and then come to an answer and give that to you later. So they're slow to respond in that way because they like to think through all of it. Libra, on the other hand, is very indecisive because they're the balance, the sign of balance, and they like to think Every angle of every situation through before they decide if it's something that they want to move on to or not. Right, so they're indecisive in a different way than Taurus. Taurus just wants to come to the decision if it's really worth getting up out of their beds and their comfy clothes and their house uh, that they love, right? Because they're homebodies, to go on a vacation with you. Is that is that time with you worth it to them? Libra, on the other hand, is like, okay. well, if I do go, then this is what might happen and this is what could happen. But if I don't go, then this could happen. And will they still be my friend if I don't go? But what if I do go? Will we still be friends? What if we get in a fight? And they just they go through so many scenarios in their heads, that it takes them forever to make a decision. And sometimes with the Libra, you have to push them to make that decision. You push a Taurus, your answer is always going to be no. You push a Libra, you might get some action. Um. Yeah, tourists really just like to take 900 years to make a decision on something. I have two Taurus kids. Let me tell you, that's 100% true. And Libra really likes to mull over the choices and possibilities. Ultimately, also taking 900 years to come to a decision, but in a diff- for a different reason. <laughs> I say this, though, as someone with two Taurus children and a bunch of Libra friends. And so, you know, I love you guys. It's just, it is who you are. And that's okay. The next planet that we move on to is Saturn. Saturn is a very constrictive, restricting force on the body. It's a very cold planet, and it brings a lot of coldness as well as dampness in a way, but more because it's like trapped dampness, stagnation, right? constricting, that's keeping fluids in places that they shouldn't be. So this means when it's very constrictive, restricting force, right, that it really likes to cause issues with blood flow and nutrients and energy getting to the body in whatever areas the sign it is in governs. Unfortunately, Saturn's not really content with just staying right there and stopping that and just being like, this is it. It likes to also influence the planets next to it, the planets adjacent to it, and the planets across from it in your chart. So he's kind of like the bully of medical astrology <laughs> in a way. Um, Saturn just wants everyone to know like how powerful and strong he is. And while he's named after the Roman god Saturn, who was the god of agriculture, harvest, abundance, that kind of stuff. We see the influences here being a bit harsh sometimes. Though the abundance part makes sense, right? Saturn has an abundance of energy that it wants to just share with everybody around them. and. Yeah, it it can be a bit rough. This is one of the other places where I see a lot of issues. While Mars is the seat of like inflammation in the body, Saturn is like the seat of chronic health conditions. It causes chronic issues because it constricts and restricts the blood flow with the nutrients and the energy to the areas for so long that eventually Disease and imbalance happens and then things start breaking down but by the time you get a symptom sometimes that things are happening it's been going on for so long and your body can no longer compensate that now you are suddenly very sick and it feels like it just happened you know even though it's been years in the making on to Jupiter now Jupiter is the gas giant planet it's always expanding and wanting more and more And so in this case, Jupiter's influence is then really expansive and energizing. It brings excess energy to the body areas that the sign it is in rules. Jupiter's motto is too much of a good thing is never too much. It's really rare that Jupiter is actually the cause of whatever ailment your body is experiencing, however, despite that motto and bringing excess energy. It is possible to be the influence in the, you know, where the seat of like health issues is if it's placed in the sixth house. Otherwise, it has a fairly benign influence on the body. Jupiter just wants everyone to be happy and jovial. So its influence is usually overall very positive it does balance saturn out though as jupiter brings more to the body while saturn's over there like trying to bring less saturn's like holding on to everything it doesn't want anybody else to have it so he's kind of a bully and kind of selfish all at the same time the last planet of the main ones is mercury this is named after the messenger to the gods right because they that messenger in greek mythology could travel between the worlds to deliver messages as such then mercury the planet is the messenger of the body it governs communications and technologies of the world and as such it governs the communications of the body as well mainly speech and the neuro pathways right it is the balancer though of all the planets it can bring balance to any of them and just like the messenger of the gods could go to any of the worlds mercury can be helpful to any of the planets, delivering its balancing influence. So overall, Mercury's influence is actually very neutral. It doesn't have much of its own influence. It's very just go with the flow, and it just balances everybody else, which makes sense because Mercury in Greek mythology was very androgynous. There was no defined gender given to Mercury. Typically, you know, most mythological deities were given a gender male or female in mercury's case there was no gender assigned, and so because of that being a gender neutral deity that continues as now it's a gender neutral planet and not only gender neutral because planets don't actually have genders right but its influence is very neutral and it just balances Everything else. And what I mean by gender neutral planet is like I said, the other planets are associated with genders, but Mercury is not. And it brings that influence to the body. So Mercury is a really great planet to look at when wanting to bring balance to an afflicted planet. Increasing Mercury in a chart is rarely a bad idea, though it can be, because they can also have some, it can be afflicted, right? So if it's afflicted, bringing more may help. If it's not afflicted, bringing more may or may not help. It's rarely a bad idea to add more like mercury-governed herbs to um, a formula or anything like that to bring that balance that you're looking for and also to increase the communication pathways in the body, right? But if you have someone who's like highly anxious all the time, and that's what they're coming to see me for, increasing mercury, which... Typically, you know, because it governs the neuro pathways of the body uh, and the nervous system, right? Because it it rules Gemini, which co-rules the central nervous system with Sagittarius, then that can lead to increasing anxiety, right? Which is what we're not trying to do. So, again, it's all in looking at what's going on in the whole chart and not just that individual planet. And then... Let's move on to the next section. There are some classifications to the planets that we like to use in medical astrology. And by this, I'm talking about malefic and benefic. So a malefic is a planet that exerts a more negative influence over the body, while a benefic exerts a more positive influence over the body. And we have two of each. So the malefics are Saturn and Mars, with Saturn being the great malefic, and the benefics are Venus and Jupiter, with Jupiter being the great benefic. So when looking at a chart, I always look at the malefics first to see what is happening with them, how they are exerting their influence, and then I follow it by the benefics to see if they're in a position to balance that energy out or not. If they are, then it's possible that that is not the problem because they're balancing each other out. Or it's possible that one of the benefics is being afflicted, so its balancing influence is not as strong. And then we need to increase those in someone's chart by using the Venus or Jupiter ruled herbs to do so in a formula. So sometimes they are in positions that basically cancel the other's influence out. So example, of Jupiter is in opposition to Saturn in a chart, meaning they're directly across from each other, then they are in balance and the possibility of Saturn causing a lot of trouble in that person's chart has diminished. But again, that's not always 100% the case. It takes experience to look and know what is actually happening. So let's go on to the last three planets, the outer planets. These are Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. These are the ones that are not as often used in medical astrology. I know some medical astrologers that never touch them at all, and I know some that use them occasionally, like I do. Uranus is the rebel planet and is responsible for the electrical system of the body, which we can see at times liking to rebel against the norm, right? Hence, like, heart palpitations or feeling like weird zaps from things, seizure disorders, things like that. Um, Neptune is considered the Great Dissolver, so it likes to diffuse the energy in whatever body systems are governed by the sign it is founded. So this means that area doesn't get enough like energy, vitality, and a lack of energy or vitality can then cause as many issues as too much energy and vitality can. Pluto is the planet of mystery, transformations, death. It rules Scorpio, which makes completely tons of sense when you know that. It governs all the mysterious illnesses and illnesses that cause great transformations in the body, i.e. like cancer, and illnesses that may be terminal or cause death in even like a more metaphysical way, kind of where you died to the idea of who you thought you were and are now more accepting of who you actually are. And that can be even like an actual physical way. Like you've had some sort of incident or accident that has left you with, let's say the inability to walk anymore. And now that has to change the perception of like who you are right in your own mind, because you used to be the person who, let's say you played, you know, soccer or football all the time. Right. And now you're in a wheelchair and you can't do those. So who you thought you were has Got to die so you can become whoever you are now in this new body. So that's what I mean by that. So if anyone has anything that's like extra weird happening in their body, I look to see what's going on with Pluto because Pluto is usually the uh, the one causing those issues. Neptune is also the planet of addictions, and so if anybody comes to me and is struggling with any kind of addiction, I mean any kind, it doesn't have to be just substances or alcohol. I look there to see what's going on with it. And um, by balancing that out, a lot of times those addictions will either disappear altogether or become much more manageable in a way that makes it possible for a person to become sober and stay sober. Right? So just an FYI, if you're struggling with some addictions, that's something else that medical astrology can help you with. So Chiron is... The point in the chart in regular astrology like I said that's considered the wounded healer. So this area is like one of our greatest pain points usually from childhood that needs to be healed in order to bring transformation to our lives in some way. In medical astrology it is the area where the greatest health issues may lie or the areas of like your life that may need the greatest attention to repairing in your life. So for example if it's in cancer in your chart the greatest areas that need attention to repairing or that caused the wounding most wound in your life would be family related, specifically your mother. Um, your greatest health issues could be stomach issues, fertility issues, reproductive issues of some other kind, mucous membrane issues. So I really look here when someone is having a very difficult time with like healing what, with healing, whatever's going on, right. See what needs to be worked on in like a spiritual, emotional and mental level to start bringing that healing to their bodies. Because this can be an area that really gets stopped up with energy flow, going to it for an unnecessary reason, if that makes sense. Like we're putting all of our energy and effort into being worried about, you know, in my case, like no one actually hearing me. And I'm spending so much time about that, that I've, forgotten about the other parts of me that are so fabulous and that people do want to hear what I'm saying right and we forget that and then I forget like on a more like physical health level I forget to pay attention to you know what my body is saying and and I forget to listen to my own body and so I need to work on that part right the healing of that part so that I can focus more on the healing of the other parts of me as well. So really over the next few weeks in this series, we're gonna deep dive into each planet and Chiron and see how those influences are possibly affecting your life, how we balance them out, herbs that are governed by them to help with that, the positives and negatives to each one, and so much more. I am so excited to jump into this series and I hope that you are equally excited to hear it. So what planet are you most excited to hear about? Let me know in the comments or email me at info at atlaastrology.com. Join the Discord channel and tell me there, the Astro Connection community, and let me know over there. But which planet are you most excited to hear about? Most people tell me they're interested in the sun (laughs) because we all know our sun signs, right? And that makes it easy and more relatable. If that sounds like you, like you want to know more about your sun sign and your health, download my free ebook and um, at the link in the show notes. And until next time, Love and light. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Alchemy, Astrology, and Astral Health. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it. You can find all relevant links to today's show in the show notes below. If you loved the show today, please subscribe, follow, and leave me a review. I love to hear your thoughts and it helps me know what is a hit and to make more of that content especially for you. If you want to learn more about me and how I can help you, head over to atlaastrology.com. There you can sign up for a medical astrology package, download my free sun sign in your health ebook read the blog and so much more if you want to connect more outside the podcast follow my instagram channel at atla astrology or join my astro connection community the link to which you can find in the show notes until next time love and light